Thanks so much, Steve. Uh, so good to see you all. In my heart, I see you. And uh, it's great to connect with you that even though we're apart, we're connected uh, in worship. It's just been great to worship together today by the Holy Spirit. Uh, a few years ago, when we were on a family holiday in Wales, uh, we decided to visit a gold mine. I mean, whoever knew that there were gold mines in Wales, but apparently there are two. And this one's called Dola Kothi Gold Mine. I said it, I've been practicing that word all week. Dola Kothi Gold Mine. It's in mid Wales. It was mined originally by the Romans, but it's now run by the National Trust and it's excellent. It's especially great if you've got kids, you can do gold panning, you can explore the mines. There's lots of beautiful countryside around it as well. But we learned some really interesting things about gold, like, for instance, how incredibly rare it is, even in a gold mine. In one tonne of rock, there's only about six and a half grams of gold. And even what you get from that isn't 100% pure. It's a mixture of all kinds of other metals and rock, lots of rock. And so to get the gold out of the rock, they have to break it up as best they can. And then the gold has to be purified. And they do this by dipping it into a series of acid baths until finally the gold is clean. But it then needs to be fined in a furnace. And then here, the gold is put into a crucible and heated to a really high temperature until it melts and all the impurities come to the top and are scooped off. And this is repeated several times, I think, depending upon the purity of the gold that's required. But only then, after all this work of breaking and purifying and then refining, does the gold appear anything like what we see in our rings and our watches and our jewellery. And its true beauty and value is seen. So why all this talk about gold and gold mining? Well, this picture is the one I think that best illustrates James's words in, in chapter 1, verse 24. Sorry, chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. And I want to work through that passage with you today, where he talks about the testing of our faith through trials. And so he writes, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing or refining of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work. In other words, stay in the process so that you may be mature and not incomplete, not lacking in anything. In other words, bring out the gold. And I think in, in the light of the huge trial that we're facing at the moment in a global pandemic, that there is some pure gold that God wants to bring out of us here in the church at this time. I don't believe for a minute that coronavirus comes from God or that he's the author of the pandemic, but I'm certain that he will use this to strengthen us, to strengthen our faith. So just like the gold is mined from under the surface and brought out into the light to be broken and purified and refined, I think God's at work in us, but it means that we will need to submit to the process of his dealings in all this. So are you willing? Will you allow him to refine you and your faith at this time? I really believe that God is going to bring something truly beautiful out of all this. And as the church is scattered, the seed will fall in the most unlikely places. So before I, I go on, 
I just want to pray for you. Just put your hands out for a moment and just say, Lord, I'm willing. I'm willing. Will you search me? Will you work in me? Will you, will you move in me, Father? Refine me, purify me. I'm willing. I offer myself to you again today. Help, help us, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm just going to work through the passage. So if you want to keep your Bible open, you can follow along. And you'll see that the first things James tells us is that trials will always come. Notice what he says. He doesn't say if you face trials of many kinds. He says whenever. So the expectation is that we will face trials in our lives. And, you know, one day this current crisis will be over. There'll be a cure or a vaccine may well be found. But then there will be other troubles or trials that we'll face. But right now, we've got an opportunity during God so that what we face in the future, we'll do with a very different mindset. I mean, let's face it, if you can get through this, you can get through anything, especially some of those things we used to think were difficult. You know, going through big things kind of helps us to put things in perspective. But I also think there's something that God wants to do in us uh, as a church or in the church universal, especially here in the West. You see, the early church were expected to face trouble. They were trained to expect trouble. So we have James writing at the beginning of the persecution of the church, as we've seen. But then we have Peter, 10 or 15 years later, writing similar words. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the painful trial you're suffering as though something strange were happening to you. And, you know, most of the New Testament is written in this way. And it was so it was accepted that difficult times were a normal part of Christian life. As Paul writes, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. In other words, they'll go through difficult times. But is this still what we think today? I'm not sure that it is. I think more likely it is, God, you've got to protect me from anything bad happening to me. Even that there's a sense of entitlement so that if bad things do happen, people get angry, they, they fall away, or they just stop going to church altogether. And I think something needs unpicking here, because I don't think that any of us have any real expectation, therefore the preparation for hard times, so that when they come, we're caught by surprise. And whereas the early church considered it a privilege to suffer for Christ, quite frankly, we'd probably think it was a great inconvenience. Now, I don't like the implications of what I'm saying now, but I know it's true. You know, I would prefer a quiet life too. But then looking back, I see that it was the hard times that made us strong. But I just don't like to admit that. So let me ask you then, is your faith robust enough for that? Do you have that kind of resilience in your relationship with God? You know, trials are here to stay. And from what James says, if we respond to them in the right way, God will use them to make us strong. Because he tells us that trials test our faith. So just go back to the verse again. It says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing that is the proving or the revealing of your faith develops perseverance. I'll come back to the pure joy bit in a minute, but although God is not the author of trials, as I've said, he does allow us to be tested by them. Why? Well, to reveal what's inside us 
to purify our faith. So God doesn't test us for what we know, like some kind of examiner who passes or fails us. Rather, he tests us so that we can find out what we've got. So do you know what you've got? <laughs> uh, you know, our faith only reveals its true strength when it's tested. You know, like those times that you find out that despite all the bad stuff that's happened to you, despite all that you've gone through, you still love God. Sometimes that's all you know, actually. All I know is that I love him and he loves me. And that despite how many times you may have been let down or felt disappointed or felt unprotected, you, you still believe in him. And actually, you closer to him in your dark night of the soul and find an ability to pray under pressure like you've never done when life has been easy. Do you know what I'm saying? The message version puts it like this. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. And so you say to yourself at times like this, I don't know how I, I didn't know I had that. I, I didn't know I could do that. I didn't know I believed that because we find a strength within ourselves that we never knew that we had. Now, a lot of us have been feeling pressure in the last few weeks. We're surrounded by negativity, uncertainty everywhere, and we're overwhelmed. We're even shocked by it all. And there have been pressures. None of us anticipated emotions that have shocked and surprised us. But look, something is being forced out. And if we submit to the process, James promises, it will lead to a maturing of our faith. And that's when the gold comes out. See, God is able to bring something beautiful out of you through this. Now, you'll need to persevere because we're not there yet. But hang on to your faith if it, it really is tough enough to withstand the acid bath of purification. And that's what it feels like, isn't it, as things are stripped away. Even simple things like coffee with a friend. How many of you just miss going to the cafe and having a coffee with somebody or a birthday party you can't have? It was Wendy's 50th yesterday. Happy birthday, Wendy. We can't wait for the 50th birthday. We're all going to be there. Or a holiday booked and now unbooked. Or just worshipping in a room with lots of people. Guys, hang in there because there is a further process in producing gold that we're coming to. Refining by fire. And that means staying in the furnace, submitting to the confinement of the crucible, which is what James means when he says in verse four, perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Testing and perseverance is needed. Perseverance must be allowed to finish its work. And that implies that we can resist the process. We, the process. We, we won't persevere. We, we give up. But how we respond to difficulties will determine the good that God works in us and through us. See, we have gold, but we don't want the crucible. And we jump out before the heat of the furnace comes too close. We don't want to be melted or for the hidden impurities of our hearts to come to the surface. It's embarrassing. 
But if we don't stay where we're put, then we'll never mature as Christians. We won't have the faith to cope when things are difficult because there's no resilience, no staying power. We duck the issue and refuse to confront the face in the mirror because it's easier not to. I know many of us are feeling this at the moment, a kind of inner frustration, an inner wriggle, because I don't like this and I don't want this. But look at me. I'm looking you straight in the eye, and it's one of the great advantages of speaking to you like this. Let me ask you this. What is God putting his finger on at the moment? What's he challenging you about? So will you let him have it? (laughs) And I know for me... I've just been impatient at the delay, the frustration about not being able to plan, not knowing what's happening. I've had to talk to my own activator and tell it to calm down. But what what about you? What have you noticed in some of your responses? What's been coming to the surface? Are you going to resist or is it time to melt? It's time to end the resistance. (laughs) It's time to deal with it. Let him have it, whether it's something in your marriage that you've just been avoiding, or whether it's that sense of being out of control and revealing a lack of trust, actually, in him, or whether it's just overcome with fear. It's time to let go and let him deal with it. Humble yourself. Get low. Let him come close. Let him refine you with fire because that's what his love is. His love is fire. Endure the gaze of the eyes that burn like fire so that gold, much gold, comes out in all its dazzling beauty. Can you see it? Can you see the good that he has for you? That's why there's joy from the refiner's fire because of the beauty of what comes next. And James, consider. In the context of trials, this command, joy. So finally, trials, count it all joy. How is that possible? This is why the purified gold that is refined in the furnace is so beautiful. It's valuable. It's precious. You know, mature Christians are wonderful to be around. People who get it, people that have been through it. People who've lived through it, people that have seen it. Do you want to be that kind of person? I mean, wasn't it great to have Angela with us last week? Pure joy. I mean, what a comfort, what an encouragement she was and is to us. She speaks so kindly to us. But she says this from a place of having been refined in the fire of God's dealings over many years. That's why her words are so valuable to us. So we're to consider trials as pure joy, not because we enjoy them, but because of what will come out of them. Because joy isn't the same as happiness, which is a feeling dependent on happenings, our circumstances. What's going on with us will always affect our emotions. And and James isn't expected these persecuted, scattered people to be happy about what they're going through. That would be perverse. Trials don't make us happy. They make us sad. And you see, Christian joy has got nothing to do with a fake kind of praise the Lord anyway. Some of us just need to be released from that kind of obligation. The joy is a disposition, not a condition. It comes from your position in Christ, and it comes out of a vibrant relationship 
with the Holy Spirit who produces the fruit of joy through us that can be grown in all seasons at any time of the year. And we rejoice not because of trials, but in spite of them. Because we're already seeing the gold coming up from the mine. Some of the rocks are already being broken open. There's new possibilities emerging. We already know that God is going to bring something really beautiful out of this, but it starts with joy. James writes this to scattered churches, people that are being persecuted, people that are hiding for their lives. And he says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. And I say the same to you. Choose joy. As Alison's word was about that, choose joy. She had that word, not knowing what I was speaking on today, which is why I said, you've got to share that today. Choose joy. It doesn't mean that you have to smile a lot <laughs> or even necessarily that you will laugh a lot. Sometimes, in my experience at least, you can even cry tears of joy, but still choose joy. Choose to celebrate in who you are and what God is making you to be. Rejoice that you are forgiven, that your name is written in the book of life, that you're loved, that you're secure, that you're free. Be filled with the Holy Spirit and choose joy. <laughs> That's my word for you. And I want to pray for an anointing of joy to, to shift the atmosphere of despair. There's a great exchange, as Becky Becky's word uh, said to us this morning, great exchange joy instead of despair, love instead of fear. Uh, I, I want to ask you um, some questions before I pray for you. And these are serious questions. So I'm going to look you in the eye again. I want to ask you this. What is the quality of the faith that you have at this time? And what would you like it to be? So just as I'm asking that question, just respond in your own heart now and ask him to refine and purify your faith. Say, Lord, will you call out the gold in me? Come on, Lord. I want to ask you another question. How is it that you want to come out of this time of lockdown or whatever else is coming up ahead? You know, what are you prepared to let him deal with in your life at this time? What are you asking him for? Just take a moment to ask him now, Lord, this is what I want you to deal with. I just want to lay this before you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Father, I want to pray for the kind of joy that breaks hopelessness. Father, in Jesus' name, we cancel despair. Father, I want to break the hold of trauma over anyone who's watching today. Father God, I want to ask you to bring peace. And where there is fear, Lord, I pray, Lord, you'd reveal your love. Cast out fear in us. Replace it with love. And Father, we ask you together, Will you please bring out the gold, beautiful gold, beautiful, beautiful purity. Bring it out of your gold mine in your church today. And Father, I pray that we come out of this with a robustness 
and with a courage the like of which we've never had before. Come, Holy Spirit, fill us with your joy. In Jesus' name, amen.